Good evening. This is Matt, and I'm here with Lydia, and welcome back to Sleepy Stories. So, we are starting a new book tonight. We'd actually started recording Peter and Wendy, which is, of course, the first version of the Peter Pan story. But uh, Lydia was not vibing with J.M. Barry's work very much, so we're going to try something else that's going to be more fun. So this is... I've never heard his name pronounced. My French is pretty good, so let's get... The Little Prince. Yes, The Little Prince by Antoine de (laughs) Saint-Exupéry, who was a French writer who wrote this remarkable story. I can't wait to read it. Right around the Second World War. Yeah. Here we are. So it's a... Well, it's right... It's just barely in the public domain. So it's as young a story as we're going to tell around here. All right. The Little Prince. Chapter one. And yes, this is a big pop-up book version of this that we have. It's really beautiful. And I'm going to do sound effects. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Cool. (laughs) Chapter one. Once, when I was six, I saw a magnificent picture in a book about the jungle called True Stories. It showed a boa constrictor swallowing a wild beast. Here is a copy of the picture. In the book, it said boa constrictors swallow their prey whole without chewing. Afterward, they are no longer able to move and they sleep during the six months of their digestion. In those days, I thought a lot about jungle adventures, and eventually (laughs) managed to make my... Is that a sound effect for I thought? Yeah. (laughs) 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 Okay. I don't know what we're laughing about. We don't usually do sound effects for people that are thinking. That was very funny. In those days, I thought a lot about jungle adventures. <laughs> you tickled me. In those days, I thought a lot about jungle adventures. And eventually managed to make my first drawing using a colored pencil. My drawing number one looked like this. We have a brown picture that is skinny on one end. It gets wide and lumpy in the middle, and then goes skinny um, again. Um, it kind of looks like a turtle who kind of got mixed with a snail. It does a bit. That's an interesting and... way of looking at it, because you can, if you look closely, see that there's an eye. Yeah, so you can see kinda, there's a head. And it kind of looks like a hat. Yes. I showed the grown-ups my masterpiece, and I asked them if my drawing scared them. They answered, why be scared of a hat? My drawing was not a picture of a hat. It was a picture of a boa constrictor digesting an elephant. It's sort of. Yeah. Then I drew the inside of the boa constrictor so the grown-ups could understand. They always need explanations. My drawing number two looked like this. We have the outline of the snake in the same shape. And inside you can see that there's the elephant in its stomach. Yeah. The grown-ups advised me to put away my drawings of boa constrictors. Broa constrictor. (laughs) The broa constrictor. That's a funny fantasy monster right there. 
The grown-ups advised me to put away my drawings of boa constrictors outside or inside, <sighs> and applied myself instead to geography, history, arithmetic, and grammar. That hey. is why... Hey. I worked on, gra- on grammar. Yeah, you've been learning about uh, verbs and nouns. It's true. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to turn you into a grown-up all at once. That is why... <laughs> well, that was a look. That is why I abandoned, at the age of six, a magnificent career as an artist. I had been discouraged by the failure of my drawing number one and of my drawing number two. Grown-ups never understand anything by themselves. And it is exhausting for children to have to provide explanations over and over again. So then, I had to choose another career, and I learned to pilot airplanes. I have flown almost everywhere... (laughs) Those airplane sound effects. Yes. I have flown almost everywhere in the world. (laughs) Thank you, Lyd. (laughs) I have flown almost everywhere in the world. And as a matter of fact, geography has been a big help to me. I could tell China from Arizona at first glance, which is very useful if you get lost during the night. So I have had, in the course of my life, lots of encounters with lots of serious people. I have spent lots of time with grown-ups. I have seen them at close range, which hasn't much improved my opinion of them. Whenever I encountered a grown-up who seemed to me at all enlightened, I would experiment on him with my drawing number one, which I have always kept. I wanted to see if he really understood anything, but he would always answer, that's a hat, Then, I wouldn't talk about boa constrictors or jungles or stars. I would put myself on his level and talk about bridge and golf and politics and neckties. And my grown-up was glad to know I was such a reasonable person. Yes, blah, blah, blah. So that's chapter one of The Little Prince. These are short chapters, aren't they? Yeah, we can read so much. You think we should do another one for the recording tonight? Yeah, and we can do another recording. Perhaps. Let's do chapters one and two, though, since it's such a short first chapter. How about pages? Do pages. I'm going to do it by chapter because pages might end in the middle of a sentence, and I don't want to do that to our recording or our listeners. Okay, I guess you could just put your hands on your hips silently. And, and what was that? It was like a dance, but you're sitting on your knees, so it's really hard to tell. I don't know. Okay. You're a little punchy tonight. Do you like think you. getting up at four in the morning has anything to do with why you're real tired right now? No, but you were punching the wall. You're the real punchy one. Yeah. Okay, touche, though. I should clarify for our listeners. I wasn't really, like, punching the wall in a way that could damage myself with a wall. I was just kind of experimentally... Man, I don't know how to describe (laughs) what I was doing. But yeah, just kind of saying, huh, this is a solid wall. Womp, womp. So, yeah. Yeah, and he was punching us. Yeah, it was, it was not an anger punch. I just wanted the world to know that. <laughs> okay. Chapter 2. So I lived all alone, without anyone I could really talk to. Aww. Until I had to make a crash landing at the, in the Sahara Desert six years ago. 
something in my plane's engine had broken. And since I had neither a mechanic nor Perringer... Perringers. I'm sorry, I was trying to figure out what you'd said. And it, uh, you'd said loneliness. Uh, sing song. Something Perringers. in... The Perringers are a type of bird, obviously. Well, why would the Perringers need a plane? They can fly. Something in my plane's engine had broken, and since I had neither a mechanic nor passengers oh. in the plane with me... Yeah, passengers. <laughs> what he was trying to say, but... <laughs> I was preparing to undertake the difficult repair job by myself. For me, it was a matter of life or death. I had only enough drinking water for eight days. Seven days, not six days. Lydia's drinking all his water. (laughs) The first night then, I went to sleep on the sands a thousand miles from any inhabited country. I was more isolated than a man shipwrecked on a raft in the middle of the ocean. So you can imagine my surprise when I was awakened at daybreak by a funny little voice saying, Please, draw me a sheep. What? Draw me a sheep. I leapt up as if I had been struck by lightning. I rubbed my eyes hard. I stared. And I saw an extraordinary little fellow staring back at me very seriously. Here is the best portrait I managed to make of him later on. But of course my drawing is much less attractive than my model. This is not my fault. My career as a painter was discouraged at the age of six by the grown-ups, and I had never learned to draw anything except boa constrictors outside and inside. Actually, I think we have a very nice cartoon of a blonde little boy in a very fancy green and red coat that Um, drags the ground. There's a little tiny stars on Yes, he has stars on his shoulders, on his epaulets, and boots, and... He has a long, thin sword, making him look like something out of a fairy tale, I'd say. Oh, and he kind of has a white shirt and Mm -hmm. a little flower there. Oh, yeah, he has sort of a flowery necklace and and sort of a very thick belt or a cummerbund. Yeah. Yes. And it's yellow, the belt. It is. Or gold-looking. But yes. So I stared wide-eyed at this apparition. Don't forget that I was a thousand miles from any inhabited territory. Yet this fellow seemed to be neither lost nor dying of exhaustion, hunger or thirst, nor did he seem scared to death. There was nothing in his appearance that suggested a child lost in the middle of a desert, a thousand miles from any inhabited territory. When I finally managed to speak, I asked him, But what are you doing here? And then he repeated very slowly and very seriously, Please, draw me a sheep. In the face of an overpowering mystery, you don't dare disobey. Absurd as it seemed, a thousand miles from all inhabited regions and in danger of death, I took a scrap of paper and a pen out of my pocket. But then I remembered that I had mostly studied geography, history, arithmetic, and grammar. And I told the little fellow rather crossly, that I didn't know how to draw. He replied, That doesn't matter. Draw me a sheep. That does matter. 
Perhaps less than we think. You know, I'm not a very good artist, and yet, when we've done our cartooning together, I think my cartoons have turned out well. Sometimes. Remember the little family that I drew? I love them. Yeah, I think they're great. I'm going to try to be louder. Okay. I think you're you're close enough and loud enough that you're going to be picked up on the recording very well tonight. Okay! <laughs> it doesn't matter. Call me a sheep. Since I had never drawn a sheep, I made him one of the only two drawings I knew how to make. The one of the boa constrictor from outside. And I was astounded to hear the little fellow answer, No, no, I don't want an elephant inside a boa constrictor. A boa constrictor is very dangerous and an elephant would get in the way. Where I live, everything is very small. I need a sheep. Draw me a sheep. So then, I made a drawing. So we have a drawing of a little sheep there. But the legs don't seem to fit on right, would you say? It seems to have something on its head. He looked at it carefully and then said, No, this one is already quite sick. Make another. Well, its legs kind of look wobbly. Yes, at best. I made another drawing. My friend gave me a kind, indulgent smile. You can see for yourself, that's not a sheep. It's a ram. It has horns. And there's a beautiful picture of a ram. Mm -hmm. It's quite a good ram, I agree. So I made my third drawing. But it was rejected like the others. This one's too old. I want a sheep that will live a long time. That sort of makes sense. Mm -hmm. So then, impatiently, since I was in a hurry to start work on my engine, I scribbled this drawing and added, This is just the crate. The sheep you want is inside. And there's a beautiful drawing of a crate, Mm -hmm. and it pops up. Yep, it's in three dimensions, thanks to our pop-up book. But yes, you can see it's a box with some air holes in the side, and the sheep is inside. But I was amazed to see my young critic's face light up. That's just the kind I wanted. Do you think this sheep will need a lot of grass? Why? Because where I live, everything is very small. There's sure to be enough. I've given you a very small sheep. He bent over the drawing. Not so small as all that. Look, he's gone to sleep. Aww. And And that's how I made the acquaintance of the little prince. So there we are, chapters one and two of Antoine de Saint-Exupéry's The Little Prince. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And hey, um, pleasant what? dreams. Oh, what, Lid? I've read, um, kind of read this book on my own. Yes? I tried to do that, and um, when he said... um, well, I'm I very glad. Yeah, yeah, share this with us. Yeah. You've been doing a lot of good reading. Blah, 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 blah. Not that far. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to have to look up how to pronounce Baobab. Yes. Um, um, so, right here. Mm-hmm. Um, about the ram? Yeah, um, I, I always thought that, I thought this said innocent. Oh, almost. It's an indulgent smile. 
which means that he's kind of smiling in a way that says, Oh, you don't really know, do you? So that's good. Yeah, but I see where you got innocent smile from. I'd say his smile was also innocent in its way. The little prince is a very innocent character overall. Yeah. All right, everyone. That's Sleepy Stories for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. I wish you all pleasant dreams. I'm going to go to bed. Good night.